1 Corinthians chapter 16. I'm starting with another passage, but I'll just read it to you because I'm just kind of using it to launch into what we're doing today. 1 Corinthians 16, and then we're going to kind of combine this with Psalms 127. And um, I, I, want it, I want you guys to be honest with me this morning as we get into this. And uh, I'm, I'm preaching a message that the Lord laid on my heart called weary and well-doing. Weary and well-doing. Outwardly, we can make anything look good. Have you guys ever noticed that? Outwardly, I want, I want everybody to know that I've got it all worked out. It's all good, okay? I, 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 even coming to church, we'll, we'll stress out. We'll be fighting with our kids. We'll be digging through unmatched socks. We'll be yelling at them. We tell them to set everything out the night before, and they don't. They leave out the most important thing, whatever it is, shoes or whatever, then, then then stress piles up and we bring it into the car. Got our Bible in our hand and we've got our, our spouse and our kids there and we're at each other's throats and we're arguing and you know what we're usually doing? We're blaming whoever we feel as if is the one that made us late. We will pull into the church parking lot yelling and fighting and everything and then all of a sudden on the outside of the car the greeters out there, all they see is, you know, Everything is good. We get out of the car. We're walking in the church and we're smiling and everything. And then the kids are going, what just happened from the car to the parking lot where all of a sudden mom and dad are so happy? It's not that we're not still agitated or mad, but we put on a facade just instantly because I don't want anybody knowing that we don't have it together. We do this, and I promise you the application is to all of us. And I know I'm speaking to moms today. It is Mother's Day. It's hard not to. But at the same time, we get exhausted trying to make things just work the way that we feel like they ought to work. It's human nature. Adam and Eve did this. God went looking for them in the garden. You know what they did? They sewed fig leaves together to try to cover it up. And then they stood there like, oh, there's nothing wrong. We didn't do anything wrong. We, we, we don't want, we want to cover up our lives because we want everybody to think that we have it going on. And for all of you that are pretending like you don't do that, it's the same thing when somebody calls you up and says, hey, do you care if I swing by your house? I'll be there in five minutes. You go, oh yeah, no problem. You get off the phone and you're like, kids, clean the house. And everything gets tossed into the back bedrooms and you're kicking over laundry things and yeah, you know, it's just like if, if they were to open one door in your house, they'd be clobbered. But you don't want anybody to see that because you want them to think that everything is all good. This is how my house always is. There's nothing on the floor. I have it all together. And then we answer the door with that big smile. Hey, so glad you could stop by. Come on in. The house is perfect. Nobody wants to fail. Nobody wants to be that bad parent. Nobody wants to be the child, the parent of the child that is always getting in trouble or that, the parent that is always creating those new bad habits or whatever. And just, I, I wish as a parent myself that there was some book called How to Be the Perfect Parent. If you find that book, let me know. But I do have a book which is called the Holy Word that guides us and helps us through life a whole lot better than any book that you could buy here in this world. See, the thing is, God has given me an opportunity. The bigger thing is, I don't want to mess up my opportunity. And I, me and Jenny were uh, driving down the road, and 
we were talking about our kids and we started talking about the ages of our kids and talking about just in a couple years and predicting when uh, we just had our anniversary, we're looking forward to our 20th anniversary. And I said, wow, when, we're, when we had our 20th anniversary, Jordan's going to be driving. And Morgan and I, I'm just looking at it thinking, wow, it's already here. I mean, where did the time go? And it's just like, just instantly, when, when I remember, like it was yesterday, putting Jordan in, in, in the car carrier at Mount Carmel East and bringing him home for the first time, and, and now I'm looking at him in the near future getting his driver's license, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. God has given me such an incredible opportunity to raise my kids, and I don't want to blow it. I don't. And every day, every day, every day is my opportunity that God has given to me to do my very best to lead them, to love them, to instill into them everything that they need to be for who they are going to be tomorrow. Here's the springboard, and this is not the passage that I had you turn to. But in 2 Thessalonians 3.13, it says, But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. Paul was telling the church this. He was telling brethren, Christians, the ones that know and have it together, good moms get to the point that they want to quit. Good dads get to the point where they want to quit. Good pastors, good Sunday school teachers, good school teachers, good leaders of this world that have God in their life and who love their calling and love their purpose get to the point where they just say, I'm not cut out for this, God. I don't know why you gave it to me, but I'm not your guy. I'm not your lady. I can't. Sometimes we feel like this because we just feel like we make more mistakes than we do positive things. And the thing is, everybody gets tired in the midst of doing good. Paul was writing to the church in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and he said in verse 8, he says, For I would not, brethren, have you ignorant of my trouble which came to me in Asia. For we were pressed beyond measure, above strength, and so much we despaired even of life. He was weary and well-doing, he said, man, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching and I'm making a difference and I'm honoring God. But he said, I am so worn out that he said, I didn't think I was going to make it. Don't let the devil lie to you thinking that every other parent that comes to Fellowship at the church has it all worked out. And you're just that parent sitting there that is just trying to reach for straws as you try to pull it together. The devil will sit there and tell you, you know what, if you were as good as they are, if you didn't have the problems, and if you this and that. And the truth of the matter is every mom and every dad that walks through this building carries a burden on their shoulders of saying, dear God, help me, because I feel the opposition is overwhelming. I want to take you to this passage. And Paul did not expect what was going on in his life to be there. Paul felt that God was working and he's on these missionary journeys and 1 Corinthians 16, 6, he just writes and he says, things kind of got stirred up. And he said, I'm going to tell you guys about it. 1 Corinthians 16, 6, and it says, and it may be that I will abide, yea, winter with you, that ye may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. For I will not see you now, by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permits but I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost, 
He's in this church, and, and if you want to see what God does and what he's talking about, you could look in Acts chapter 19. And Acts chapter 19 gives a description of what he is talking about in this epistle. But then we get to the next verse. And he says, guys, I know it's tough, and I know things are, are crazy. But he said, for a great door and an effectual door is open unto me. And there are many adversaries. Let's pray. God, I, I know, Lord, that there are moms, dads, grandparents that are here this morning that are just worn out. Lord, I, I can say, Lord, that I, I have been to the place even as a pastor and even more as a parent where I just felt, Lord, that I just didn't know what to do. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that when we get to that point, we stop and we reflect back on what's most important. Lord, that is the fact that we are answering a call that you've given us. Lord, we're, we're carrying out blessings that you've given us. And Lord, you know, make no mistakes. You never have and you never will. Lord, bless as we gather our hearts together this morning as brothers and sisters in Christ to look at your word. Help us, Lord, we pray in your name. Amen. When you are weary and well-doing, here's number one, embrace the open door that God is giving you. You know, I, I, I thought about this. I read this passage right there and I thought, man, you, you look at these characters in the Bible, these stories in the Bible where you say, wow, look at, look at what God did. Look, look at, just take for just a second, think about David, how, uh, how David was standing there on the sidelines and Goliath comes out from the side and he sit there chanting and the next thing he knows he's got a sling in his hand he's running out there he's dropping a giant right in front of him and he's standing there in the victory and you say how did that happen how did David end up in that place at that time for a visual illustration God said David come here and God opened the door and said I want you to do something great for me that's how it happened Say, how did Joshua get in that spot where he walked around Jericho seven times and watched the walls fall down? Let me explain it like this. God said, Jericho, if you follow, or Jericho, Joshua, if you follow me, I'll open a great door of opportunity and all I need you to fall through and walk through and allow God to do what I am doing in your life. I could go through story and story and story, but let me give you your story. You see that it might not make makes sense to you now and you might not put all the pieces together but this is how you are where you're at in your life right now this is why i am pastor that's why you are a teacher that is why you're in the job that you have this is why you have the kids that you have because god said i have a plan god opened the door and you're standing there and you say how did i get here because god put you there you get that mom you are where you're at because god put you there Paul steps back and he says, God opened a great opportunity. So no, no, that's not how it worked. I didn't, I didn't plan to have kids. It wasn't my idea. It wasn't what I had planned. God's ways are not your ways. And all of a sudden, we get put into a position, you're saying, I don't know what's going on in my life, but let me tell you, God always does. What I've realized, a lot of times, I cannot see what God is doing. 
in the midst of parenting, we are going crazy and we can't see the big picture of why God brought us here. Paul didn't know why he got snowed in. Paul didn't know why he was stuck. But he said, you know what I did realize? That God opened a door of opportunity for me to do what I could not do for myself. I'm here in this position because God set me up. I am, I am very blessed as a man to have such an incredible wife that leads my kids. And every day it's a reminder to me of what my mom went through. Every, every story when I come home and my wife says, you wouldn't believe, and guys that did all this other stuff, and all these crazy things are going on, and I'm thinking, wow, man alive, I did that when I was a kid. And my, my wife would tell me these different stories and think, you wouldn't believe, Jordan took this and he shot it off the back porch, and you know, I'm like, what? That's awesome. I mean, Jordan, don't do that. And, and I mean, we, we, when we were kids, we did all sorts of crazy things. And week after week and day after day, all my mom did was clean up messes from what we did. Here it is. My, my mom gets to that point in her life where God puts another child in her hands. And then she has this one and she freaks out and scares and says, that one's Dave. And then she has... <laughs> Just child after child, and then there was one with a halo on it. God hooked my mom up, that's all I'm saying. You realize that every time, and I'm, I'm even hesitant of how I'm saying this. In the midst of where my mom was at, she did not acknowledge the opportunity that she had. My mom was not looking forward going, this brat is one day going to pastor a church. This brat one day is going to be the assistant pastor of a church, and, and, and my other son is going to lead a business, and my other daughter is going to raise three kids and work at a church and a daycare and all these other things. She could not see what God was doing. And I think so often, moms, you get there and you're right in the midst of that, wherever your situation, I know moms, is, it, it, that's part of it. Dads, Ministry leaders, wherever you're at in your work, God opens doors according to what he was given the illustration here. God places us in spots to say, I'm going to do something, but I'm going to provide the opportunity for you to do something great. You know what I've realized, and I'm not trying to steal away from my wife, but me for as a dad, I, I didn't know in that hospital room, when God blessed me with that child, that one day that I would be serving in this church with that child, and I'm thanking God. Now I'm looking back going, wow, God, you, you, were, you were not only, Lord, you were not only blessing my family, but let me say this with all, give God the glory. I believe that God was blessing this church through my family. He said there, wait, 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 let me tell you this. The children that you have, God is blessing this church through them as well. Do you realize that they are the church and we are getting older? And we, we, we are, are going to not be able to do what we're doing forever. But thank God, God says, I have a plan to keep carrying out the gospel. And God does it through our children. Now, I, I know I'm using this passage in, in here where he says, a great door was opened to me. But Lord led me to another passage that I think I want you to see what this great door is. In Psalm 127, so just take your hand and, and mark that spot and go to Psalm 127 verse 3. 
And I, w- I want you to see what God's doing, what, what the door was of opportunity that God has given us. This is a popular passage, and, and Brother Fred Kirk uh, shared this at the memorial service this past week. You pray for the Kirks. I, I know that this is a hard time. We have a number of families that are going through a hard time today. Mother's Day is an awesome day. But for some people, it's just a reminder of what they've lost. And we pray for them and we love on them. And I want to be sensitive to that as well. Look at this passage in Psalm 127, verse 3. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. You see, you don't just have children. God blesses us with children. And, and I'm not saying this to anybody sitting there going, wait a minute. I wish that I had children. I can't have children. My heart goes out to you and I pray for you and whatever that situation is. But if God places a child in your life, please let me know. Please, so you know that God has given that child to you. For his honor and his glory and bigger than that for a purpose that he has for those children. Let me take you to our passage where we're at. 1 Corinthians 16, 9. And keep in both of these passages we're going to go back and forth. Not only to be weary and well doing with the open door and, and embracing the open door. But notice this. Engaging in the opportunity that God has given us. For a great door, and it says, and effectual is open unto me. That word there means powerful. See, when God opens a door of opportunity, God's going to be there with you to do whatever he's calling you to do. Paul is, Paul is not fully understanding why he's stuck in Ephesus. He's not seeing all that God is doing. He's not understanding all that's going back. But let's step back and look at the big picture. I said this a minute ago, and I want you to understand, you're not just raising kids. Please understand that as parents, we are raising warriors for Jesus Christ. So I don't, I don't even want to look at my children like that. I hate, hate to tell you this. As children of God, God blesses us with children to carry out his work. Here in Psalms, when we were reading that, he said, as arrows are in the hands of a mighty man. Do you know what an arrow is? Stop and think about that for a minute. What is an arrow? An arrow is a weapon. I don't, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I've never, I've never viewed my children before in the concept of a weapon. And I, I, we have the sword of the spirit that God has given me as a pastor to teach and preach. And I know that the church is a weapon, and I know a lot of these things that we have. But God said, I've given you in your hands a powerful weapon to use against the world. To use against the devil. To use against the opposition. Step back and say, Lord, what is that powerful tool? God says, I'm giving you your children. Every day, I am teaching my children to be the church of today. Every day, I am teaching my children to love God. Every day, I'm instilling into them what they need to be. Because one day, when I pass the baton, they're going to carry it on. Let me ask you, what kind of children are we raising to do that? God called them out and he said, I'm giving you a powerful tool. I, I, I love the kids that we have sitting down here. I love you guys. I appreciate what you do in investing in this. But you realize the character that we invest in them today would be the character that they live out tomorrow. Every day I, I look around and I see kids that are messed up and 
doing all sorts of crazy things, and I think, man, you know, yeah, I sit there and say, man, what's wrong with you, kid? I look around and say, no, where's your mom and dad? What are they teaching you? What are they showing you? Because the Bible says that he's given me a great opportunity, and it's a powerful tool that God has given me to make a difference for Jesus Christ. What are you investing in your children's life every single day? I was walking in Giant Eagle yesterday, and I feel bad for people like this. There was this dude that was walking, and he was waddling because he was holding his pants, and he literally had his hands on his pants because his pants were here. And he's walking like this. And he couldn't hold on to his groceries because he had to keep his hands on his pants from his pants falling down. God is my witness. Ten feet behind him was another dude doing the exact same thing. And I thought, dude, it's called a belt. It's not a complicated thing to put your pants around there so you can use both hands to accomplish the work that you have to do. I know we laugh about that. But let me tell you, there are much greater problems that we're facing in this world besides kids being able to pull up their pants. And I, don't, I, I know you said, I, I didn't come here to hear this, but I'm telling you, the, the, the character that I see that a lot of parents would say, what's the big deal? They're not just going to wake up one day and all of a sudden have it in their life. The character that they live is the character we instill in them every single day. Amen. Let me give you another verse. Train up a child in the way he should go. That word train literally means it takes effort and work to input into them what they need to be. Because God says, I have a powerful plan for these kids. I've given you the opportunity. I've opened the door. I have blessed you. God said, every day you're sharpening those arrows. Every day they're not going to be who they need to be. They're not going to be able to be shot straight into the world and be a powerful tool for the church and for God unless you create in them what they need to be. Let me even say a step further. If we don't have a passion for God to even attend church, our children will grow up without a passion for God to attend church. If we don't have a passion for God to serve in church, where are they ever going to get it? And I thought, man, we're quick to pass on our passion for football. And we're quick to pass on our passion for golf. Or pass on our passion for whatever you're into. But how much passion for God are they picking up from watching you? Just thought, how powerful is that tool that we're creating for God? How much are we tapping into all that God has given us? I said to this in my class this morning, and I'll say it again. We set the standard too low when we sit there and say, well, if my kids grow up and they stay in church, I'll be, I'll be a, a glad mama. If that is your goal, it's just for your kids to stay in church, then you've set your, your standard way too low. I don't want my kids just to stay in church. I want them to serve in church. I don't want them just to attend church. I want them to lead in church. And you say, boy, you have high expectations. No, I serve an awesome God that is able to do that. God gave them to us for a reason, and that reason is to glorify him, not to make money, not to be successful. Thank God for good grades and all of those things. But they, are, they know more about math than they do about God than we have failed as parents. We have failed. God said, I've given you a powerful opportunity. 
in a world that is getting away from all that is right and true and fair and moral. We have a higher calling ever today to sit there and take our children and say, you know what, this is what God says. And we take that arrow and we constantly shave off the rough edges and we're doing that because the Bible says as arrows are in the hands of a mighty man. One day I'm going to shoot my children into the world and I want to make the devil mad with what God has given me is my goal. Let me prove it. Here's the last thing. Be not weary in well-doing. Because Paul said, expect opposition. You guys knew I was going to get to it. You read ahead and said, wow, I hate that part. For a great door was open unto me. An effectual, powerful opportunity was open unto me. And there are many adversaries. Can I remind all of you guys here today that we are at war? That there is, the Bible explains that there is the prince and power of darkness. The Bible says that we are in the midst of a battle every single day. I am not just training my kids to exist. I'm training them to fight, to be warriors, to stand up. And let me tell you, as we do that as a church and as you do that as parents, expect there to be opposition. Parents have said to me, man, I'm just so exhausted. I didn't think that if I kept my kids in church, Pastor Tony, and I teach them what's right, and we pray with our kids, and they learn their Iwana verses, and, and I, 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 we keep the garbage out of our home and all this, but it feels like I'm getting fought left and right. And to me, I, I just let me say to every mom that has that testimony, <laughs> praise God, keep doing it. Say, so wait, wait, what, what do you mean by that? When you do right... And you're sitting there training warriors in your home, you better expect opposition. I'm more worried about the parents that sit there and say, I have no opposition. Then what are you doing to make the devil mad? My goal is to make the devil mad. I don't like what he throws at me, but I tell you what, I'm not going to let him take my kids. I'm not going to just sit there and let him run all over my kids, especially in this society. He has broken down morals. He has removed prayer. He has removed now, we could even say, the foundation of marriage. He has infested our nation with drugs. He has turned sinful things into entertainment. And you say, what are we going to do about it? God says, I bless you with some weapons. Raise your kids to go into the world and make a difference. Raise them to stand for righteousness when no one else is standing. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord. And the fruit... Of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of your youth. One day, I'm going to get to the end of my parenting. And I, I, I know what you guys are saying. There's no, you never get to the end of your parenting. I, I know some of you, my heart goes out to you that say, hey, I'm a grandma, and I'm raising kids as much today as a grandma as I did as a mom. We never get to that point, but there's that accountability stage, I guess, at one day my son, my daughters are going to become a man. The Bible says, therefore shall they leave their father and mother and shall cleave unto their wife. I know that. I, I, I got to walk around the church this morning and me and Morgan got to do that. My, I want so many good memories of my daughter serving with her daddy. 
I want her to look back at these days as blessed days of being able to serve her God with her dad and her mom. I want them to be blessed days. I don't want her looking back as dad being a hypocrite or two-faced. I want to be just as real at home as I am right here. I want to be just as real. I don't want to push my kids out because they saw hypocrites. You say, are you saying you're perfect? No, but I can be honest. I can go before my kids and apologize if I messed up. I can tell them that I make mistakes. I can be honest before them, but at the end of all of that, I want my kids to carry on what I am doing. I want them to carry on the word of truth. I want them to lift up Jesus Christ. You know what it is? God says, when that arrow's done, then you take that arrow and you send it into the world, and I'm asking God to do great things, but he has entrusted me with the most precious thing. He called it a heritage, a blessing from God. He has blessed me with this. And I just don't want to fail but in the midst of that I'm staring across the faces of people that are weary and well doing do not forget about the great opportunity that God has blessed us with acknowledge the powerful tool that God has given us against the devil and don't be shocked when opposition comes because it comes with the territory You declare war on the devil, he will declare war on you. You stand for righteousness, he will stand against you. It is just the way that it works. But let me say with all of my heart, don't quit. Wherever you're at, don't quit. Whatever your ministry is in, don't quit. Understand that it is hard and it will get harder and it doesn't just let up. I know some parents that say, I am more worn out with my kids being in their 30s and 40s than I was when my kids were 3 and 4. Because you know what? You don't let go of all that stress. And when your babies are hurting, you're hurting. When your kids are in trouble, you, you, that your heart goes out to it. You never just sit there and go, oh, I'm done. But we keep fighting. Because God has a plan for them. 